everybody, and welcome to Taproot Conversations. I'm Dr. Nicole Bonner. And I'm Dr. John D'Ambrosio, and we are here with Dr. Mel Krug, an extremely special guest. I'm very excited to have her. Mel, share a little bit about yourself. Well, thank you too for having me on. I'm super honored to be here. So my name is Dr. Mel and I am the owner and founder of Inspire Life Chiropractic Center. And my office is located in Mendota Heights, Minnesota. And believe it or not, it's been five years since I've opened. Um, I graduated from Northwestern Health Sciences in December of 2016 and opened right away, right after school, just went ovaries to the wall and did it. <laughs> and it's been, it's been growing ever since. Um, I have two office managers. So one of them is my brother who is my best friend near and dear to my heart. He's a health and wellness coach and also our new team member, Ashley. So they help me run the practice and it's been our growing baby. Um, so Michael has his own health and wellness coaching business. He's a personal trainer. Ashley is a trauma-informed yoga practitioner and they operate underneath the Inspire brand, which is amazing. So my specific approach to chiropractic, I practice network spinal care. It's completely radically transformed my life. Um, I did not grow up with chiropractic care. So I am a huge advocate, um, as many of your guests have been, just understanding that we don't have to live into our stories and we can, in fact, change our life. Um, and some of your listeners might know I'm also a business and mindset coach uh, with the Black Diamond Club. So I love helping students, which I know this audience is all about, or this you know podcast is all about for that audience. Um, I love helping students and young doctors right out of school really feel like they know their systems, they know their procedures, they know how to start a practice or find a practice that supports their values and aligns their mission in life to ultimately serve more people and make a deeper impact and, and live a lifestyle that um, supports them. So that's, that's what I'm up to. That's a little about me. That's a great bit about you. I think that's all fantastic. And just from that alone, I mean, there's so many ways we could go. Um, I'm gonna jump in totally off the top of my head. I love that you work with your brother. Um, I always think when I think of your brother, I think of Thor from when you guys dressed up that <laughs> Halloween. And um, how did that come to be? I mean, yeah. bringing a family member into work with, it's got to be a really special dynamic because I know people who have tried that and it did not work. Yes, I would agree, John. Um, so a little background, you know, my brother and I did not grow up with chiropractic care. So I did not start experiencing chiropractic until I was about 20 or 21. And believe it or not, my brother and I used to hate each other. Um, you know, the sibling dynamic, we would fight all the time. Our parents got divorced and at a young age, and that created a lot of instability in our family. And so him and I, you know, looking back, it's interesting when you look back and you learn about chiropractic and then you look back and you're like, oh, right. That's why my nervous system was doing that. Um, we realized that, you know, we were living in a state of fight or flight. We were living in a state of, you know, not thrival. And it wasn't until honestly, we both started getting adjusted that our relationship totally changed. So for myself, I experienced chiropractic because of a rugby injury. I experienced at about 21 years old. I was trying out for the Midwest team, the all Midwest team. I eventually became an all American rugby player. And I specifically remember my friend, my teammate, Megan tackled me so badly that I landed on my left shoulder and separated my AC joint. And I went from feeling like I was 20 years old to like I was 80 years old. 
And at the time, my brother was at a, a different college doing his thing. Um, he used to be almost 400 pounds. He got, you know, into drugs and alcohol. Um, and I had this going on in the back, back of my mind. And I started receiving chiropractic here, thankfully, because one of my teammates said, you know, you should really go see a chiropractor. And I said, what are they going to do for me? Right. Like I had grown up, you know, overweight, menstrual cycle issues, lots of angsty, emotional trauma as a teenager and just, you know, dealing with my own health issues. And so I went because rugby was important to me, but come to find out chiropractic is way beyond pain. And I was very thankful for this chiropractor who sat down with me and took the time to educate me and said, you know, underneath the pain, like there's this whole world of the nervous system and innate intelligence. And unless we get to the underlying wound, you're always going to be dealing with these symptoms and chasing these symptoms. Mm -hmm. And so he starts working with me, starts working with my nervous system. Um, he was an upper cervical Blair practitioner and didn't even touch my low back, didn't even touch my shoulder. And he starts adjusting me and checking me. And eventually I'm holding. And he's like, I don't know what's happening, but you know, I've never worked with a rugby player that held their adjustment this long. And I'm like, well, I don't know what you're doing, but my low back pain's gone. My menstrual cycles got better. My shoulder healed itself. I was playing rugby in France and Wales and Canada. And my brother from afar starts seeing these changes in me. And he literally showed up at a college health fair, a business health fair, which you know, a 20 year old in college going to a business fair on a Saturday, you know, he could have been drinking, you know, Coors beers somewhere else. Right. But he shows up at this health fair and we're in like totally different parts of the world. And he's super inspired, but what, by what I'm doing. And the chiropractor says, look, I've scanned your spine and it's no wonder you have headaches and high blood pressure. And I really feel like chiropractor could help. And he literally rode his bike to the chiropractor he got one adjustment to his Atlas and it's like the lights turned on and he walked out of there and had this awareness. I need to do something different. Otherwise I'm probably going to die. Wow. And so I really do believe that chiropractic, I don't want to go into the hero villain victim, but I do feel chiropractic altered the trajectory of our lives mm -hmm. to then bring us together and realize that we have this beautiful gift, um, of healing with our hands and him and I were dedicated to bringing this, this power of chiropractic to the world together. And he, he chose to shift his career path and support the growth of inspire life. And now just this year, because we've hired someone, um, our business has grown so much that he's able to step out into his gifts of being a health and wellness coach. Um, and he's been a huge, a huge advocate for, you know, chiropractic, he's been a huge catalyst to growing our business, but I think getting aligned really helped us understand, like, we don't have to fight. And that when you're aligned, you come at life with a different energy and it impacts families. It impacts relationships. So he's my best yeah. friend and, uh, we definitely owe our lives to chiropractic. I love that. That's awesome. So Mel, who were some of your mentors along the way? And you know, what, what do you have to say to students that may be watching this about finding really good, strong mentors? Mm, mentors are a must. I was the person in school that, you know, over lunchtime, I would go read the books, find the CDs. I found CDs of, you know, John Martini. 
Um, mm-hmm. Eventually I went down the rabbit hole of Donnie Epstein and we all know how that ended up. <laughs> <laughs> um, Danny Knowles, Rochelle Knowles, uh, Sean and, you know, Sean Dill, Lacey Book. And I would say, if you don't have a mentor, I always approach things as an athlete, right? If you desire to be the best person on the field or the captain, of the team or, or the goat, right? Why wouldn't you have a coach? And so the way I think about it is if you want to achieve something or create something, find the mentors in your life. If you're a student, find the mentors in your life who are portraying that and embodying that. So for myself, when I started learning network care, I found and asked myself, where are the network practitioners that are thriving in practice? And not only thriving in practice, but also creating a life that really like matters to them, right? Do they have time for their family? Do they have time to travel? Are they Mm -hmm. actually a cool person and not just working 60 hours a week and totally burnt out and not able to pay their bills? So what I did, again, I became kind of a a crazy person in school because I was just obsessed with chiropractic because it changed my life. So I, I traveled to see Danny. I traveled to see Dr. Brian Lum, who is a network practitioner. I traveled to see a couple other docs in the Denver area and the North Carolina area. Cause that's where, you know, I found people that were really embodying what it was that I wanted to create. And so I would recommend students, you know, you might not have the financial resources to resources to do that, but I promise you, if if you reach out to myself or people that you look up to with good intention, they will make the time for you, whether it's a phone call, a zoom call, learn from them, ask them for support and have really great questions. Right. And I think a lot of your guests before this have said this, but the quality of your questions does dictate the outcome of your life. And so if you have good questions for your mentors, we love feeding into students. Like, let's be real. We, as doctors Mm -hmm. and chiropractors love to do that um, because Mm -hmm. we get a kick out of it. It kind of helps us fulfill our mission. So don't be afraid to reach out to people as a student. I know some of these doctors can feel intimidating. Trust me. I'm only five years out of school. I would look up to people who had been in practice for 20 years, but remember that they're human too. And Mm -hmm. so I promise they love teaching you just as much as you probably love learning from them. Awesome. I love that was great advice. That really was. And Mm -hmm. I mean, you're so grounded, uh, not just in who you are, but in philosophy as well. Did you get that from Northwestern? I mean, what made you pick that school? (laughs) I laughed at this question. (laughs) Um, So when I it's funny when you look back at life, you just see all the universal thoughts connecting my chiropractor that I was seeing, you know, I mentioned he is a Blair upper cervical practitioner. And this is before I discovered network. He's like, you should really go to Sherman. You should really go to Sherman. And I was like, why all the, all the schools are the same. And he's like, I promise you they're not. So the reason why I stayed at Northwestern is because I was very into rugby at the time. Um, I was very dedicated to my rugby team here in the twin cities and I wanted to stay. I, I wanted to be near my boyfriend, right? I had a new boyfriend at the time and I wanted to play rugby. And it wasn't until I got further into Northwestern that I realized I'm not going to get the philosophy and the vitalistic principles that have changed my life. And I mm-hmm. saw what my chiropractor was saying. So something I really do appreciate that I, I don't want to knock Northwestern, right? I passed my boards. I did the thing. What I actually found is because we didn't get the philosophy or we got very like fragmented versions of it, 
it actually drove me further to study it on my Mm. own. So I was the person again in the library reading Fred Barge, the green books, learning, you know, these videos on YouTube, going to seminars, going to philosophy Mm. night. I became the president of the philosophy club. I became the president of the network spinal club. I would go to epoch. And I think it's because I wasn't getting it that I actually valued it more. Mm-hmm. And I really do have to thank some of my mentors and some of the older students who basically took me under their wing and they're like, Hey, have you heard of the green books? Like, have you mm-hmm. heard of this? Like, come, come listen to me. And I, I'll never forget this. My first day of class, I sat next to my dear friend, Ken Wilson, and he has this green book sitting in the auditorium. I'm like, what is that? And he's like, Oh, it's the green books. You've never heard of the green books. I was like, no, no, dude. I'm just here to, you know, do the, the athlete thing, right? Like do the PT version of chiropractic. And I now look back and I'm so grateful for those little pattern interrupts in school Mm -hmm. from the older students and bringing me to philosophy, bringing me to these places that really opened up my eyes to it's again, it's beyond pain right? It's, it's mm-hmm. your life. It's the expression of life. It's the innate intelligence that dictates the entire show and the universal intelligence that's working with us. And I was always a kid growing up. I was so obsessed with the universe and with the planet and like, why do the ants build the hills and why do the planets revolve this way? And I was super into quantum physics. So when I first started listening to Donnie, it was literally like all these things I had studied in life with chiropractic and the universe and energy that I was like, oh, right. This is it. I'm not crazy. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Mm -hmm. Nice when that happens. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The universe is always working for us. It's just our illusion of it that we perceive it's not. And our ego sometimes gets in the way. And it isn't until sometimes you look back, I feel that you're like, oh, right. Everything is on the way, not in the way. Oh, I like that. Mm -hmm. Everything is on the way, not in the way. Yeah, that's John Martini for you. (laughs) I like it. Mm -hmm. All right. So now you practice, you're practicing near your hometown? I am. Like where you grew up? Yes. And what made you choose, why did you choose to practice near your hometown? I would literally drive by my office every single day. Didn't realize it was my office at the time, but when I would drive to school, I would always see this cute little, this cute little area that had all these little local businesses. And I was between going out to the West coast or staying in Minneapolis, staying in the twin cities area. And I really felt, you know, because I had developed such connections here, Um, I felt like I, I felt called to stay at home and I kept asking the universe for a sign. So for you students out there, um, you can get really attached to an idea of the way you think things are going to unfold and then something better shows up for you. So that would be my advice is like plan, have a strategy, think about where you want to live. Think about why you want to live there. Like what about that area resonates with you? And also be open to other opportunities showing up. So for me, it was, it wasn't until I toured the space, they happened to have a vacancy and I was like, Oh, I wonder what it, you know, I had this whole vision in my head of how my office was going to be. And sure enough, the landlord takes me on a tour of the space and it was absolutely perfect. It was the absolute perfect amount of square footage. It had the wood floors, the big, you know, the 
beautiful big windows and it was accessible to the highway. I mean, looking at all these things that my practice members would desire, it was by a little cafe, other small shops. Um, and I was like, okay, universe, got it. Like I'm, I'm very spiritually led. Um, so for you students listening to this, have a plan, get in your visionary brain. Like, how do you want your office to be? How do you want your practice members to feel what would feel good to you as far as your living situation and your business situation? And again, stay open to the possibility that something is coming your way. So when I opened, I had this huge list of people actually who were like, I'm, I'm going to open, or I'm going to, you know, join your practice when you open. So I'm very grateful, very blessed. But I think over the years, I developed such a tight knit community with the rugby community and with all my friends and family around here that, um, my practice did very well when I first opened, but I realized that took many years of developing those relationships. Mm -hmm. So advice to the students when you're looking at somewhere that maybe is away from your hometown, think about how can you start to develop the relationships now? And that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to go out and fly and do business networking or stuff like that, but there's might be some local Facebook groups that you could join. Um, there could be some other, you know, seminars happening in that area that you could do and kind of, you know, two birds with one stone. Right. But think about how can you start to cultivate relationships in the community? Cause that's what it really comes down to is relationships, um, beyond the business, you are developing a connection with people and when they can trust you and they appreciate you and they see you as a genuine grounded human being, they are naturally going to want to work with you. So I think over the years, I just cultivated that and it just felt right to stay in Minnesota. Also, because, you know, if you look at network practitioners, a lot of them like go to the coasts <laughs> and there's not a lot in the Midwest. So I also felt very inspired and called to bring more of that type of energy and vitalistic chiropractic to Minnesota. Um, and as you can tell, it's, it's cold here, but you know, it's, it's not that bad. <laughs> Well, here too. <laughs> it is. Yeah, we're all wearing our sweatshirts. <laughs> yes. So I, I want to build on that because what you built, how did your practice, the culture of your practice when you graduated and what you envisioned, how did that change or stay the same to where you are now five years later? And what is the actual culture of your practice? Yeah, I love that question. I really wanted community. Um, I think being an athlete, a team uh, team sport athlete in particular, I wanted that type of feeling. And if you know the energy of rugby, um, if you've ever played it or gone to a rugby, you know, gathering, um, we're very close and we're very tight knit and we're very loyal and we have each other's backs. And so I wanted to create a space where people could feel as though they were coming home, not only to their body, but their friends, their people, their community, and so I really created my practice from that intention where when you come and get an entrainment or do work with us, you have the ability to sit and drink your tea, drink your coffee. We have an entire wall kind of like this on our, um, in our practice that people can write or draw and not just kind of in and out. Our culture is so hustle and bustle. And I get that some practices are 30 seconds in 30 seconds out. That's fine. But for us, we wanted to create something where you could spend time being with yourself, being with your community, being with us and not feel like you have to go to the next thing, go to the next thing, go to the next thing. Mm -hmm. But it can feel as though you're at home 
drink your tea, drink your coffee, journal a little bit. We have a processing room in our, in our space that people love. Um, Cause if you're familiar with network, sometimes there can be big releases. And so it's really important to create spaces where you can process that. So we have a processing room that has blankets and a nice cozy rug and rocking chairs. Moms can go back there and feed their baby or take a nap. Um, so it's really like, it's like coming home and being with your people. And that's really what we wanted to create. And since the creation of that, I think it's only built over time. So we do community gatherings every single month. Uh, tonight, my brother's hosting what we call Inspire Creatives. So literally we invite the community, like bring your, you know, drawing, bring your musical instruments, bring your paintings, bring your journaling and just come and be in a space of creation and activate, you know, that right hemisphere of the brain where you can just be in space time and you don't have to worry about an agenda. You don't have to worry about turning on the logical brain, but you can just be in flow. And so we've done that where we've created these opportunities for community to show up and just be you. You know, there's no agenda. There's no, there's no sales pitch. There's no like, Hey, let's get you an exam. Right. Like there's no forcing, but just creating. And it's like chiropractic, right? If you see your office isn't as a structure in and of itself, and you see your office as a living entity, you can really apply the vitalistic principles and the chiropractic principles to grow your business. It's an inside out phenomena. And so if you're noticing that things are off or things aren't flowing, well, one, you got to look at yourself and check yourself. And two, check your inner systems before you quickly go out there and be like, well, something's wrong with me and I need to hire this person or do this thing. And, you know, band-aid approach. It's like, well, first take inventory of yourself, take inventory of your people. Are you listening to your people? Right. If we think of chiropractic, it's that communication from the brain to the body and the body to the brain. And if that's off, then we know everything else is off and it becomes a symptom and effect. So don't taste the effects, right? Go, go inward and check in with your own inner community first. That's great. It is. That was awesome. Um, shoot, man. I was like listening as you were going along, <laughs> but there's something you said that I really loved. And now I forget what it was because I was just like listening as you were going along. You were just along. mesmerized. I love it. <laughs> it was. I was. Oh, I know what it was. Um, that was funny that you, that you were talking about the principles, because just this morning with my own team, we were talking about how the 33 chiro, you can lean on the 33 chiropractic principles as a foundation for everything in your life, like yes. not just creating a practice, but you know, if you have a financial challenge, you can find the answers to that financial challenge in the 33 principles, because they're universal laws, they're universal principles. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we were just talking about that this morning and this is so fascinating. And I hope there are a lot of students right now that are watching this, that, that get that, that get the importance mm -hmm. of those principles and not only how it applies to chiropractic, because that's just a small thing, but how it applies to the, to the world, to the world in which we, we live in and, and humanity and, and how we, you know, how the universal how universal intelligence and universal forces, you know, do integrate with what mm -hmm. is happening in the physical world. Yes. Yeah. 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 That's beautifully said, Nicole. And I feel like, you know, and I love what you said about just that application, like it's a lens, right? And I guess mm -hmm. my philosophy of life is you either 
know and live into the universal principles and that exists, or I don't know, you're living in some alternate reality, I guess. <laughs> um, I don't know, a very mechanistic world, yeah. right? Yeah. And it's not only in health, it's literally every single thing. And like what we were talking about earlier, really believing and feeling and sensing and knowing from science now that the universe happens for you, right? The universal principles happen for you. We know that there's constructive and destructive forces, but constructive doesn't necessarily, or destructive doesn't necessarily mean bad. Mm -hmm. It's just like a principle of life and it's physics. And I think that's why I got so attracted when I first learned about the vitalistic concepts and the principles and that there are principles to this profession is because it made so much sense to me because I was such a nerd in school about, I, I studied physics and quantum physics and the universe and black holes and string theory. I mean, I would literally watch, this was before chiropractic. I would literally watch YouTube videos until 2am about like string theory and, and the mm-hmm. physics of the universe. And then all of a sudden chiropractic's like, Oh, by the way, there's these principles. And like, <laughs> Well, of course there is like, what are you talking about? And the fact that you can interweave it into the body and into this healing profession is, I mean, it's, it's absolute, I'm so humbled every single day that I get to use these and be in relationship with people. And I think Nicole, you said it on one of the, one of the future podcasts or earlier podcasts, um, the energetic field, right? Mm -hmm. It's all, it's all energy and we get to dance and play in that every single day. And it's, it's the coolest thing. It's like not even a job. It is a yeah. calling, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I want to touch on something that is totally off topic here, but uh, I know you've talked a lot about, you know, being part of a team, uh, you know, rugby and things like that and how important that is to you. And I know this also had a team aspect to it, but you went through a major uh, transformation that you undertook extremely successfully. And although, again, it required a team, it kind of was a solo effort. How did that, uh, first of all, tell everybody about it and how did it affect your life? And then you as a chiropractor, how did this journey transform you? Hmm. What John is referring to, for those of you who don't know or follow me on social media, which you're welcome to, I'm very active on Instagram. I, from the fall of 2020 to the fall of 2020 or 2021, I took on a bodybuilding journey and completely transformed my body from the inside out, um, which was just a trip and wild in and of itself. And, you know, it's interesting, John, you asked that because the whole dedication, like it's, it is a trip, like it is a commitment. It is a dedication and the level of dedication that I had totally showed up in my practice. So my practice totally grew um, Mm -hmm. because I was so focused on myself. And although it was very like self-oriented from the outside, right? Like you stand on the stage and you do the the spray tan and the bikini and all the stuff, um, the level and the amount of people that were supporting me behind the scenes was tremendous. And I think that can parallel being in practice, right? Even though you may be a solo practitioner, maybe you're a team of two or three and you're just getting started. It is so vital to have a team to help you stay focused. There were times where I'd be laying on the ground and crying 
because I, I took this journey with a lot of intention. I didn't want it to come off as though it was very ego-driven or only doing it to lose weight or only doing it to get the medal, but it was very motivated and inspired to do it for womanhood and to show people that we are more than our bodies, even though it was a very like body-focused thing, that you can be the alchemist of your life. And so the transformation on the physical aspect was really just an outcome and an effect of everything I was doing on the inside. And I briefly mentioned this earlier, but growing up, um, I, I dealt with trauma. So at a young age, I dealt with sexual molestation. I, you know, have had my own versions of an eating disorder. I've had eating disorders in my family. Um, I I've just dealt with some stuff in life and, it wasn't always a walk in the park. Um, growing up with a mom who was a single parent trying to provide for us, you know, sometimes it was like, well, this is what's on the table. And so I did not grow up with a healthy relationship with food and my own body. And I had shut down, dealt with some body dysmorphia for a very long time. And I do believe chiropractic really woke me up to being embodied and, and loving my body and loving my nervous system and learning how to self-regulate and not become codependent on things or addicted to things. Mm -hmm. And so part of the bodybuilding journey that I was very open about with people is look, yes, there's a diet. Yes. There's working out. And if your nervous system is not regulated and you take on something like this, mm -hmm. it can lead, I believe to some of the outcomes that you see with bodybuilders where it becomes an addiction, their hormones get off. So mm -hmm. I guess I'm very proud of myself and very grateful for chiropractic that through this whole year, I've been able to self-regulate and achieve some of these goals while also still having a very regulated balanced nervous system. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I did blood work, you know, I did hormone testing. I, chopped off some of my hair to send it to a lab, right? Like I did the whole thing, just the crazy stuff. Um, and I got chiropractic care every single week. I was getting my nervous system checked. I was getting my nervous system clear because when you're aligned and focused, you can show up and push yourself to that level of adaptability that I think a lot of the world really does innately want. They just don't know how to get there. Right. Yes. Mm -hmm. That was beautiful. Thank you yeah, for sharing. I don't know I, if I'll do it again, though. I'll just be honest. <laughs> <laughs> like, it is it is such dedication, and it's it's a lot. It's a lot, and I learned a lot. And you know, right now I'm kind of in business bodybuilding mode. Um, but definitely, you know, it's possible if you put your put your mind to it. Yes. Yes. Uh, I love the last thing that you had just said and same thing. I just kept listening to you and I forgot what it was. <laughs> Girl, you're just like full of wisdom. My brain's ready to explode. I love that. That's, that's why I'm here. That's why I'm here. <laughs> okay. So anyway, I'll think of what, what is later, but so we'll just go on, but, um, all right. So you talked a lot about discipline. Mm -hmm. which is one of the things that I love already about you. But what are some of your like rituals that you do every day that you can say like, all right, this is what I've been doing every day. This is what fuels me. This is what keeps my fire lit. First and foremost movement. I make it a goal and I wouldn't even say it's a goal. It's, it's just part of who I am. Part of who I be 
is to move my body mind every single day. And what I mean by that is whether it's lifting weights, yoga, literally laying on the floor and just doing body breath work connection, going on a walk with my husband, stretching. I think because at a young age, I felt very disembodied and disconnected. Mm -hmm. I highly value the ability to move my body and feel strong. And so that is Mm -hmm. 100%, especially as a chiropractor, we are moving our body in interesting ways. And we know that as clients come through, they may be sharing some stuff. And we sometimes energetically will take that on because we're, we're empaths and we love them. And then we realize, oh my gosh, is this mine or is this yours? And so the way that I know to clear myself is I got to move my body. So whether it's like lifting a crap ton of weights or going on a gentle walk um, around the lakes here in Minneapolis, that's first and foremost. And then with that breath work. So within network spinal care, there's what's called somatorespiratory integration that I teach on a regular basis. And I do it on myself because I'm a big believer of like walking the talk. You know, I get my nervous system checked. I do my breath work. And I think people dismiss that. And breath work mm. is so freaking powerful when you can actually tap into it in a way that is primitive and emotional and really clear a lot of stuff with something that's free and free access mm. to us, right? Um, that's why I named my office Inspire Life. It's breathe in spirit, breathe it in, breathe the spirit in. So I like to do that. And then I am a big, big, big believer and practicer of self-reflection. So if you come to my house, I literally have journals everywhere. I got two journals here, one journal here. So I think self-inventory and self-reflection is very important, especially if you're new in practice, you're going to come and hit roadblocks. Um, anyone who tells you that starting a practice is, can be a breeze and it's so easy. I don't know what, what they're talking about. Um, you're going to hit roadblocks. doesn't mean it's not fun and you're not serving your mission, but if you've never done anything before, there's just a natural challenge that comes up. And so with roadblocks that come up and Oh, by the way, when you're further in practice, you still deal with roadblocks. It's just Mm -hmm. different. Right. And I'm sure you too can attest to that, but I love to self-reflect. Um, my brother, he is, he's a master at this. He journals every single day, multiple pages. So he inspires me. And I have seven questions that I like to ask myself every single day to make sure that one, I'm staying on track with my mission, with my vision, that I'm not getting hyper inflated, super ego involved, but rather balanced. So having a balanced perspective, it really, the questions I ask myself, which I'm happy to share them with you too, if that helps in the, in the show notes, but it helps me understand how obstacles serve me, how challenges serve me. So I reflect on that every single day and it just keeps me aligned. Um, because when you run a practice or you're just graduating, you have so many things going on in the beginning and it can be easy to get overwhelmed and distracted. So if you can take five to 10 minutes a day and journal and just get clear, I mean, just from sort of some neuroscience here, when we do micromotor movements, whether it's playing a piano or journaling or painting, it really helps the emotional processes of the brain. So even that alone can be a huge benefit. Like it doesn't have to make sense, but for you students, even if it's just, you know, writing out your frustrations or whatever your wins of the day, the evidence that's showing up that you're on the right path, just take the time to do it. Um, so those are like my top, my top three things that I do every single day, no questions asked. That's great. And then how do those, 
transfer over to your uh, your mentoring, your business coaching? Do you have them, you know, your uh, clients do the same sort of exercises? Do you uh, do this from the same organic level or is it a totally different sort of um, take on it? You got me, John. No. <laughs> yes. Yes. I, I like to teach them these concepts. I'm a huge believer in sustainability. So the way that I coach, um, if you're newer, it might be kind of sharing, like, here's the next steps to take, but I'm a big believer in creating sustainability when it comes to not only chiropractic, but also coaching. So the more that I can teach someone how to self-regulate as a business owner and an entrepreneur, like stuff comes up. So how can I teach you ways to regulate your own system so that they become the coach, they become the mentor. So sometimes a coaching session with me may be a lot of strategy like social media or how to network appropriately or how to follow up with your clients. It also may be, I've had this a lot, honestly, in the last couple of months, I think just with the way the world is, um, people who are, I can tell they're dysregulated. They're kind of all over the place. I'll literally stop them and say, okay, Hey, where are you at in your body right now? Let's take some deep breaths and have them journal. So sometimes I'll have my clients do journaling as homework. And they're like, I, I'm afraid to journal because I'm afraid of what's in there. And I'm like, well, I guarantee if you go into it, it may be challenging, but it's your greatest breakthrough that's sitting on the other side of that. And so again, I'm a huge believer in walking my talk and practicing what I share with people. And in turn, being a vessel of wisdom and passing that on to them. And it's so amazing when you can just have someone like tap into their breath. Like let's say they had a, a challenging case and they're dysregulated. If I can teach them ways to quickly shift their state of mind and their state of consciousness. So that next person who comes in, they can be present. I mean, that that's the difference of someone starting care and not starting care. Let's be real because people energetically can pick up on when you as a doctor are dysregulated. And maybe you're fumbling with your words. You're not clear in your communication of the value of chiropractic and how your service is going to help them get to X, Y, Z. The more you can be embodied, the more people will say yes to you. And, you know, this is from an authentic sales perspective, right? Because we have a service to give that we know can change the planet. And so in my eyes, it is our responsibility to be self-regulated embodied leaders so that when people come into our office, it's so automatic for them to want to work with you because they see themselves within you and they want to be regulated. They want to be embodied. They want to be aligned and they want to be cleared. And so I'm kind of up to this mission as a younger practitioner. I don't want to see any more chiropractors burning out. I don't want to see any more chiropractors destroying their health, right? Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. enough of that you know, just to speak truth on this podcast, which I know it's about, I am, I'm not about that. And so the more that I can facilitate that within the leaders and people that I coach to me, that means that that person can then serve more people, impact lives and ultimately change and transform the planet. Mm. That is really powerful. And I think it goes against a lot or not a lot, but a, a certain mindset where you're told, you know, fake it till you make it. <laughs> and you're actually saying come from a place of authenticity authenticity and know who you are get grounded so you're not faking anything because if you're faking it they're going to see you're faking it and you're defeating yourself right and i think you know when we go back to what you two asked about mentors 
I think the faster that you can be real with the person that you've, you've hired or that's supporting you, I think if they're a good mentor and they understand how to help you break through that, the faster you can come back home to your authenticity because the faking it and the driving and the saying things that don't align with you, that isn't authenticity. And when you can tap into your own authentic nature, and that's not to say like have systems, have scripts, have those things as a structure. And the more that you can really uncover like what's blocking you from that structure expressing through yourself, I think the faster you can get to that aligned success. Um, Because again, you have to get clear on like, what does success mean to you, Mm -hmm. right? And I know a lot of us talk about, you know, see as many people as possible and make as much money as possible. And it's like, well, great if that's aligned with you, but Mm -hmm. if you're operating from a place of exhaustion, like you could be seeing thousands of people a week and you could have a multi-million dollar practice. But if on the inside you're literally dying and stressed mm-hmm. and your heart is failing and your family is being destroyed, then I'm sorry, but like, why are you doing it? And maybe it's because I'm a younger practitioner, but I have seen people, you know, share their accolades and they have, they have all the numbers, but behind mm-hmm. the scenes, we're not seeing the chaos that's going on. Mm-hmm. So I'm up to creating a world with my clients is like, you can have a balanced perspective of, of it all. You can serve mm-hmm. people. You can, you know, have a successful practice. You can also have a successful family life, a relationship and not, you know, we're so big on highlight reels, right? We all show the highlight mm-hmm. reels. We all show like, mm-hmm. look at me. And that's what I was big on in my bodybuilding journey was like, look, I know you see this thing from the outside, but let me tell you, it's not all butterflies and rainbows. So I'm up to like balanced perspective in life and not just toting like, yeah, all this stuff. When in in the background, things are failing and you're not being real with it. Absolutely. Because success Mm -hmm. is the big picture. It's not one little microscopic piece and success for me may be not success for you. And, yes. your, and your vision of success might be like, oh my God, I would never want that for me. Yeah. It doesn't make mm-hmm. me wrong or you wrong. It just, we have our own visions and we need to um, embrace them. Yes, 100%. I think that's the beauty about being alive on the planet is we have the potential and the ability to create anything that we want. And I think that that's so cool. Like, I just feel grateful every day that I have the ability to create what what I want what my vision is and it has it like John said it doesn't have to be somebody else's vision yeah you know if and and you do like when you're in school too I think especially well for me I'll speak for myself because I don't know about for other people but I know when I was in school and I was seeing high volume practitioners and I was like I want to be like that or I want to see you know four five six seven eight hundred visits office a week and um and not that that stuff, that was important and, 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 it, and we did it, but there's so much more to success than numbers. Yes. And sometimes we get so freaking caught up in the numbers yeah. and we forget about the fulfillment. Yes. Mm-hmm. 100% Nicole. Yeah. And I, you know, I can resonate with what you're saying. Cause I was that way too, where I was freshly out of school and comparing myself to people and been in practice for 30 years, mm-hmm. which is totally 
you know, they were on these pedestals and I was comparing myself and I had this comparisonitis and I was just, there was so much guilt and shame to work through of like, why am I not there? And it's like, I needed a slap to the face to be like, Mel, are you not awake right now? You're literally comparing yourself to someone who's been in the profession for decades. So I appreciate you saying that. And it's not to say that we, we don't like serving a lot of people, but there's this concept that really helps shift my perspective that hopefully students will get out of this is you have breath, right? Like a lot of, a lot of stuff, like the surface level, like a lot of it here, but then there's Mm -hmm. also, and Brian Lum taught me this, there's also depth, right? Mm -hmm. So maybe you see less people in the beginning, but there's a depth of impact. And so Mm -hmm. it's just a matter of like, what is your intention of impact? Is it a lot of people or maybe it's less people, but deeper, you know, results or deeper impact into their life. You know, what I see on, on the table every single week is, like the depth of impact that our office makes, literally they're shifting careers. They're getting out of abusive relationships. They're, mm-hmm. you know, confronting someone who's been gaslighting them. Like that to me mm-hmm. is the depth. And I'm, it's not to say that like back and neck pain is not powerful, right? Cause that can stop mm-hmm. people from fulfilling their personal mission, but it's like beyond the neck pain or beyond the low back pain, there's something underneath there. Mm-hmm. And there's a human being that has a life that when yeah. you get them aligned, the depth of impact that you can make to me is just as important as like seeing the high volume of people. Right. Right. Definitely. And I think as you're in practice longer, you become more in tune with yourself and more efficient that your breath can get wider and your depth can stay the same. It doesn't have to get more shallow. You just get better at it. Yeah. That's well said, John. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. That is awesome. Hmm. I love our, I love this podcast. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, You guys get to like learn, like being the host, you get to learn so much. I'm sure from all these great guests. Yeah, yeah, I have. Absolutely. And the different perspectives are great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's fascinating. Um, all right. So we are coming kind of to the end of our podcast, Mel, but um, I'm going to ask you the question that we always end our podcast mm-hmm. with. So if you could pick only one, just one, <laughs> <laughs> one piece of advice for a chiropractic student, what would that one piece be? Mm. Uh, I thought I had it and now our conversation has shifted it. <laughs> so I, I would say stop comparing yourself to those who have been in the profession for a long time. Mm. And what I mean by that is I think there's a healthy level of comparison and admiration, Mm -hmm. but instead of operating from comparison as though they're better than you see it as how can they inspire you? Mm. How can you let the people in the profession inspire your own version of greatness, Mm. take their advice, but filter it through what matters to you and what your values are. Um, Mm -hmm. Because comparisonitis will eat you from the inside out and it does not feel good Mm -hmm. and it's very exhausting. So, you know, I always say, be grateful for where you're at and excited for what's to come. 
So drop the comparisonitis, drop the comparisonitis. That is a great term and great advice. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Another one-liner. Yes. (laughs) You got great one-liners. I don't know if I learned that at Northwestern, if that was part of my like pathology comparisonitis, but we can add it to the, to the textbook. (laughs) 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 Well, that's awesome. This was an awesome interview, Dr. Mel. Thank you so much for being here with us today and, you know, taking the time to pour into students. There were amazing one-liners, just pots of gold, like not even nuggets of gold, pots of gold on this one. (laughs) And um, just thank you so much for being here. Mm, Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you too. And thank you for doing this for the profession. Um, Whatever I can do to support students, that's what I'm all about. So I'm very honored and humbled to be featured on this with uh, some people that I look up to, um, including you too. So just very grateful. Uh, awesome. It's our pleasure. And uh, if it's okay, uh, we'll have Cassie get contact info and yep. she can put that at the end of this. So then students who have any questions can just reach out to you. Awesome. That sounds great. Great. Thank you. All right. Awesome, everybody. Thanks for another great week. And John and I will see you next week. Sounds good. <laughs>